Welcome to the Field of 12 College Football After Dark Show. Uh, I'm George Whitfield, quarterback guru. Uh, I am joined by the best set of analysts that you're going to find anywhere on this earth. Pride of Penn State, the victorious Penn State Nittany Lions, Christian Hackenberg. Pride of Aggieland and Boomer Sooner, Trevor Knight. Uh, and then he split tonight, by the way. And then... The biggest, baddest Baylor bear there is, Bryce Petty. Fellas, let's start right off the bat with the biggest game of the night, and it's still going. The fighting UConn Huskies and Vanderbilt. There is nothing else to start with. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm about to say, got women's hoops. Women's hoops. $2 tickets, baby. We are, $2 not in, tickets. we are not in hoop season yet. We Let's will go pay with, you to come to this game. <laughs> we will pay you. Let's go with the real, the real matter at hand. Happy Valley, another whiteout. We're going to start with our resident Nittany Lion, their favorite son and ambassador, Christian Hackenberg. Hack, they took care of business tonight. And again, it has to be said, they took care of business tonight because not every big heavyweight has taken care of business. They now take another step. What does this do setting them up for their biggest so far this season game of the year, seeing the Iowa Hawkeyes and their playoff chances? Yeah, I mean, I think that's huge. I think it's massive. I think Iowa put together a great showing on Friday night, uh, beating a Maryland team with a lot of momentum and a quarterback who was playing really well. Mar Iowa showed some life on offense on Friday night, so that's going to be something to look at. But uh, to your point, George, I mean, I think this game is going to be the biggest one for Penn State to this point, just by the way, everything's played out. So definitely one to be circled um, and definitely, uh, definitely going to be interesting to see how it shapes the rest of the big 10 moving forward for the rest of the year. Trevor, do they have enough firepower to go up against a stingy, if not kind of underwhelming Iowa defense? Like we don't hear a ton about Iowa. They, they won a couple games and they put people in like headlocks and like cut, they, they, they like wrap it up. Penn State's got to go on the road again into Iowa. Do they have enough firepower really truly to go four quarters and get it done? I think they do. You know, if, if you look at what Penn State has done so far this year, um, they've built a lot of confidence in that locker room. I think riding behind Sean Clifford and those guys up there, um, you know, they're battle tested, if you will, each and every week. They get out of they get out of the game, they escape, whatever you want to say. They they put a beating on somebody. They've got a couple bruises going into Sunday. And those bruises are gonna gonna propel them into the next week. I think they go uh, to Iowa and play really, really well. I think it'll be a good game though, too. I mean, obviously what Iowa's done um, up until this point, it's gonna be a hard-nosed football game, uh, the type of game that you love to watch and that you you are used to watching from the Big Ten. Us, us Big 12 guys, we're not used to that type of football, so it's going to be a fun one to watch for sure. Bryce Petty, Sean Clifford, undefeated, battle-tested, seasoned veteran, but he is the – he's leading probably one of the hottest programs in the country, and he's probably the least mentioned uh, – like lead dog we hear about everybody else their teams of two and three losses that we hear about their lead dog and here's sean clifford is 
And all he's done is go undefeated from a, a challenging September and he's getting ready to rock in a more challenging October. Where is he right now? And how come we don't hear more about him? Yeah, well, I think that it's a star-studded group, right? But I think there's definitely something to be said about a, a kid that can execute, a kid that can put your offense in the best chance to be successful. And, and Hacks Mini-Me, um, a.k.a. Sean Clifford, does, you know, just just that week in, week out. You know, they took down Auburn, uh, you know, two weeks ago, and they've got a big test on the road. And, and what we have seen so far to date, as we know in this, you know, locker room here that we have, um, you know, when you travel on the road, it's it's typically always down to special teams, penalties and turnovers. Um, but before that, and what's what's interesting, I don't know if it's just coming out of the COVID environment or not, but a lot of these guys, the first thing really is to get off the bus. Um, we've seen slow start after slow start with teams that should be um, kind of way better off in terms of some of these matchups. And so I think that, that James Franklin is going to have these guys ready to go. I think Sean Clifford is going to have his offense ready to go. Um, Jahan Dotson and him have a, a, an unbelievable just connection. Um, and, and he's a guy that can, that can rally around the troops. So I think that if he goes and does what he needs to do um, and they go in, into Hawkeye Stadium and go, go get a win, I think we will start to, to, to talk about Sean Clifford a lot more. So, Obviously, we have the Roman army, and then we're going to find out a way to, like, probably. Are we talking about Alabama or Georgia? Alabama, Alabama. Okay. We, have, we have the Roman <laughs> army, and then we'll properly tag Georgia with something. Is Penn State the next best team on the planet outside of those two teams? Hack, is it fair to say they're one seed? I definitely think they're in the discussion. And I think we, as we've all watched as college football fans this year, like nothing, nothing is guaranteed week to week today, you know, Oregon gets knocked out, uh, Texas A&M falls, Florida falls. So I think up until this point this year, nothing has been really guaranteed outside of Georgia after they got past Clemson week one. And you've seen the season Clemson's had up until this point now. Um, and then Alabama getting through a couple of their early tests pretty convincingly. So I think they're definitely in that discussion. And I think the biggest thing for them is offensively tonight, they showed the ability to run the football, which is something they struggled with early on to kind of highlight that matchup again, because I think Iowa is one of those teams that's in there. Iowa thrived off turnovers. And I've said this every time, every time a decent team has stepped up with Iowa, you can't turn the football over. So Penn state has been doing a good job of taking care of it. And I think they're just building the right way. Offensively, they're hitting they're, – they're starting to hit that upswing on that crescendo for them to really hit, hit their stride heading into the meat of their schedule at the end of the year. Great word. Love crescendo. Yep. Crescendo. Oh, yeah. can, we toast, can we toast hey, to crescendo? Early toast. Early toast. Early toast to crescendo. Shout out to mm. Dosa Keese. We love you. We Dose hope you Keese. love us. <laughs> Trevor Knight, can Penn State – if they walk out on a neutral site, can they really go toe-to-toe with a Georgia or an Alabama? Now, we only have four or five weeks' worth of evidence. Do you feel confident enough that the game is still – it's still a game in the fourth quarter slash 12th round? I think at this point, absolutely. Um, and, and to some of the things that we've all talked about throughout the weeks, Penn State's got a gauntlet to go through. If Penn State survives this gauntlet – and they're in the conversation at the end, True. they can they absolutely go toe-to-toe with True. anybody, right? 
right. And, re- and real quick, Trevor, just to that point, because I had this pulled up, this truly is a gauntlet. So they go to Iowa. In two uh-huh. weeks, they go to Ohio State. In mm-hmm. another two weeks, they have Michigan at home, and then they go to uh, Michigan State. That and is they got to play. They got to play Maryland in there, right? We talked about undefeated. That's, that's true. Yep. Yep. That's, that's yep. true. I mean, they, that's if, true. If they if they make it through the gauntlet, um, they're they're obviously going to be. I I think, I mean, arguably the toughest schedule left um, in college football. You know, you look at Alabama, and they've A and no longer a, a game for them. The, the West isn't quite what it is. They just got through. Ole Miss, who I don't know why every year that seems to be this big matchup. Um, they had Corral, but they, they obviously didn't have a problem with them tonight, and I know we'll get to that. But if if Penn State can make it through that gauntlet, they're absolutely going toe-to-toe with anybody and could have a shot at, at winning the whole thing, to be quite honest. But that's a lot of games and a lot of weeks yeah. to wade through before we have that conversation. Bryce yeah. Petty, putting you, uh, again, back in Sean Clifford's shoes, um, you just came off another big win, second big whiteout. You already had a big win on the road at Wisconsin. You knocked out Auburn. Here you go tonight. You took care of business. What is Sean Clifford's process as a starting quarterback that's about to march? Like we're talking just what Trevor said and Hack said. They, you got a marathon march. What's your process in chopping this thing down week by week? to make sure you're at the end where you want to be. Yeah, no, no, I, th- I think and it, that's that's really going to be, you know, between him and James uh, Franklin as well. I think it's going to be attention to detail. It's, it's not going to be doing too much. And and I always like watching and telling QBs um, as they start looking ahead, one, don't do that. But two, um, look back in the rearview mirror and see what got you here. Right. See what got you to this point. Uh, Sean's got a lot of, of games under his belt um, by not doing anything too illustrious. It's just him. This is Sean's game. He relies on his guys that James puts around him. Um, and, and it's a true you know, that's that's an instrument. That's a tool belt. Um, that's a great tool to pull. You know, you don't have to be the, the, the you know, Michael Vick of a team to go or the Tim Tebow of a team to go down this marathon, down this gauntlet with, with wins, man, stack your guys up, walk down the dark alley and say, Hey, I got five of my boys with me and, and, and roll. I, I think it is. That's good. That's really good. I think, I, I think it is. It, it's absolutely that mentality from a player standpoint, but uh, I think just as much. So the other 50% of it is what's the message from the coaching staff, yeah. right? Yep. The yep. teams that do it year in and year out, week in and week out, those coaching staffs have a way to communicate to their players. Here we are a couple of weeks into the season, you know, the whole world's telling you you're all that or that you're nothing, right? What coaching staff's going to instill that Hey, one week at a time, one day at a time, you know, let's be even keel through this deal and go put the best product on the field each and every week. So we can be in that conversation at the end of the year. It's a personal mentality and it's a cultural mentality in my opinion. Yeah. Agree hundred percent. Now that we got that wrapped up, let's go into our toast of the week. So for those of you just joining us and those of you who are back with us, we have a tradition here at the Field of 12 After Dark College Football Show with the baddest quarterback analysis, really college football analysis that happens to be quarterbacks that you're going to find anywhere. We toast. So grab something to sip on. Tonight, we just happen to be paying homage to Dosa Keys. 
We're going to go around the horn real quick and get everybody's take on their toast of the week. Bryce, we ended with you, so we'll start with you, your toast of the week, sir. Oh, thank you so kindly, uh, sir. Guys, if you could raise your token of rock with me. Uh, Coach David Shaw and my man Tanner McKee mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. west yes, taking down the number three yes, team in the country in overtime. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With real quick, the quick stat of that. ESPN had them at a 0.1% chance of winning that game with a minute and 51 seconds left. Uh, you got the number one pick on the other side of the ball. My dude gets absolutely slobbered, uh, smashed, sandwiched, whatever other S word you can put in there and still goes and drives the ball down the field um, and scores. So hats off to you. And that's my toast. Indeed. Christian Hackenberg, sir. I'm just going with the fact that we got the wolf pack back. You know, I, we, we've what been like two or three weeks with great toast. I love it. Yeah. What's uh, important priorities. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Knight, sir. Yeah. I'm going to take mine way down South hometown of mine, San Antonio, Texas. There is a new front runner in Conference USA, the UTSA Roadrunner. <laughs> Rattling off five straight wins, baby. Here we go. They are, they are, they are hey. in first place in Conference USA. Proud of that. Love it. That's Love it. 10-year-old program rattling off yeah. some big-time wins. Mm-hmm. Great engineering program, by the way. Somebody in that oh. program must have access to a country club. That is dear to his heart. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's Trevor, Trevor's Smart. car dealership waiting Smart right now. <laughs> Trevor's, hey. Trevor's about to be the, the face of San Antonio Ford. The face. Hey, hey she, uh, wiggle uh, your way in there, right? <laughs> and fellas, uh, it's on me. First of all, we need to do our uh, collective toast to the godfather of college football. Mm. Mr. Lee Corso, sir, we saw you again this morning doing your thing, bringing the game to the millions. Yep, yep. And we also need to do a collective toast to the ongoing and battling UConn Fighting Huskies and Coach Lou Spanos and to our favorite alum of UConn, Molly Karam. They are still battling an SEC school in Vanderbilt and could quite possibly come home with a win. Just the fact that they're in there against an SEC team after going 0-82 in the last nine years, a toast to the UConn Huskies. My personal toast goes to Coach Stoops. Coach Stoops in Kentucky. When's the last time Kentucky welcomed? This is Kentucky football, by the way. Kentucky football welcomed a top 10 program and beat them at home. I know Lexington is upside. I mean, I know it's sideways right now, as a cack would say, snapping. Lexington (laughs) must be snapping right now to the Kentucky Wildcats. Big toast. Fellas, let's jump right now to some of the heavyweight matchups we had. Alabama Old Miss, and honestly, given what they did last year, you got probably one of, if not the best play caller in college football, maybe in football, and Lane Kiffin in his second year with 
I think one of the two or three best uh, quarterbacks in college football and Matt Corral, they go up against Bama. I thought this would be a 12 round, if not fight shootout. It wasn't. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Trevor, going down to the SEC. What did you see from the Roman army and what did you not see from the Ole Miss uh, Tigers? It's it's the same Rebels, story, sorry. same story, different day, right? I mean, year Ooh, after year after man. year, we come into the season. Hey, this is the year. They don't have the firepower. They got a new guy at the helm. Um, who's going to be the team to knock them off this year? Here's Ole Miss, who's, you know, a, a historic seven-win team at most. Um, and, yeah, they've got a great quarterback. They've got Lane Kiffin. It's an exciting storyline. But when when the toe meets the rubber, it's just not it's not happening. Right. Um, you saw the, the the Alabama defense and, and really their offense as well. Flex their muscles. Uh, Bama was Bama was Bama again this week. Um, you know, it was an appetizing game base, basically because of the, you know, the media that you had before it. My girl, Katie Perry, giving Lane Kiffin a shout out. I was a little upset there. And uh, hey. it, it just uh, yeah. can't be cheating. It, it, it didn't, it didn't happen for him. That, that being said, I think Matt Corral is a, a great player. Um, if he would have came in, I think he's right in the, in the, uh, the driver's seat for the Heisman. But at this point, uh, I think uh, it goes the other way, right? Hack, did, did, uh, were we too over the top and thinking this was going to be a, some type of a contest? I mean, it is the Roman Army, but we oh. watched what they did against Florida. And that came down to a two-point conversion, ball in Florida's hands, really game in their hands. Then here comes Kiffin, who knows the the Bama, like yeah. he, he knows the Bama, the Bama, pro, the Bama yeah. way protocol it's inside and out. And, pro, yeah. and, the, and he has a great signal caller. Did we yeah. overestimate Ole Miss's chances in this, in this deal? No, I, I absolutely don't think we did. I think – I think they lost a lot of momentum from the jump with going out there. And I know it's in Kiffin's DNA. I know it's in Corral's DNA, but a couple of those, you know, fourth down, let's go for yeah. it. We're a little skeptical. And the thing is, is there's a time and place and you have to feel that with it within a game. And I think Kiffin just shot a shot real early, hoping that he'd get some momentum. Um, but when you do that with a team like Alabama, who's coached as well as they are, if you give them short fields, they're going to take advantage of it. And I think really it was more so Ole Miss put themselves in a hole early by being too aggressive and not letting the game come to them and stay in the flow of it. And then once it got out of hand, they were just playing catch up. And Alabama took advantage of it, and that's another trait of a really good football team. So I think the hype was warranted at the end of the day, but I think very early on in that game, Kiffin threw 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 his right hook and he threw it with everything he had. Um, but, uh, but Alabama just kind of sat back and countered and, and took, took, let it, let the game come to them. Bryce Petty, what else could they, what other, like what other mentality could they come in with if not throwing dice on most of those early fourth quarters? Cause you know, it's the Roman army. You may take out of the first wave. Here comes the second wave. You mm-hmm. may get them in the first half. Here comes the second half. If they don't do that, Bryce, then what are they left with? Or was there another method of attack, in your opinion, to go get these guys? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I think first off, you have to throw your ego out of the way. And I, th- I think Kiffin's always going to have an ego with Saban for whatever reason. I mean, whatever we saw about this pregame interview, I could have put all my money right then on Alabama to wipe them up. I mean, that you was want to break like, that down, break it down. Oh, that right? was the Those lamest thing. That was, break it down. That was yeah. that was Kiffin hitting on Saban's girl at a bar and it, <laughs> a girl being like, no, 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 I'm OK. I'm with him like that. That was the lamest thing I've ever seen. What happened, though? For just well, for those who didn't yeah, see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you have a, a an obligation as a coach, rather, to have, especially in a big game like this, a pregame interview. Right. Teams come out. You, the kickoff is about to happen. You do a, a quick little two question interview. Um, he said, "Get your popcorn ready," and threw the headset off as he delayed looked at the camera like i don't know where i'm at but i'm executing or or not executing i'll just go ahead and throw this and then did like this kind of slappy jog off to the side like it was just bad it was it was really really bad from from the jump so if that's what was in the locker room beforehand (laughs) like i think they had much bigger problems but but to your point you know, George, this, this is, you don't take out the Roman army in one punch. Like everybody knows that you have to understand and look at the longevity of the only way that you get deemed the Roman army is because you've been doing this for years. You have been, you have been crushing people, towns, cities (laughs) for years. So there has to be a game plan. And I don't think to Hack's point, I think everybody sitting on this call, that was not to go, you know, again, they did go first drive 18 plays or 16 plays rather went forward on fourth down in the next five drives, they got 18 plays total. Right. So to me, the game plan is not to go in, in, in hacks words, go shoot your shot right then because you don't put your team in, in, in any chance to, to stay with them. I think beating Saban, you have to be with him in the long run. It's a third quarter, fourth quarter. You have to stay in the game and you don't and beat yourself. Florida did that. Florida Correct. did that. Yeah, yeah 100%. We sat there 100%. and we watched Florida do it. Like, that's Mullen how Florida did it, man. And, and Johnny Heisman, too. And they went out there and, and, and beat him a couple of years ago. I mean, they were in the game in the fourth quarter, right? So that he is he is just known for, for to your point, the first way, the second way, the third way. These guys are so good. It's about putting yourself um, in the best chance to be in the game in the third and fourth quarter and, and going out, you know, and, and trying to, to get out on the first drive is you're not going to beat them in the first, in the first quarter, you know? So I think it was an ego thing all the way for Kiffin. I think he had, you know, a couple of comments, but you know, the, in, it, you know, during the week that just, you could tell it was an ego thing and that's just, you're not going to, you know, that's exactly what Saban and Alabama wants you to do is get emotional with them. Yeah. Trevor Knight. So I'm just going to fast forward you past today because it was the Roman army. They lined up, they marched, it was over with. That's another village. Outside of Athens, Georgia, who is the biggest, baddest threat? And I don't really care about ranking. I'm talking locker room and leadership who can go up and knock out the Roman army. Well, well, historically, you know, in the past five, even 10 years, that's been Clemson, right? And we've seen that and they've had success. That's obviously not them this year. And so who's going to be that person to step up and, and really be number two and hopefully get lucky on, on any given day? I think it, it really comes down to, to two people right now, and it's, it's the Big Ten. It's Ohio State or it's Penn State. We talked about Penn State. If they get through that gauntlet, they're in that conversation. Said if Ohio. not, it's, it's Ohio State to, uh, to, to kind of lose there. Bryce, um, he said Ohio State, Bryce, in case. Yeah. Just Ohio State, Bryce, is yeah. Ohio State in Columbus. Okay. 
Go ahead. It's a, Pro- proceed. It's a different shade of red and yeah, yeah. Uh, a different brand of ball, but uh, okay. <laughs> go is. ahead. It uh, absolutely is. So, uh, so let so hack. Would you agree with that? That the only chance that the free world has against the Roman army, well, wherever the program yeah. rests, is in the Big yeah. Ten. I mean, to get to that point, though, they do have to get through Georgia in the SEC championship game. That's right? true. So to get to that point, but I do agree. I mean, I think the Big Ten right now has been the conference. If you're going to talk playoffs, that is going to be able to put somebody up there that's going to be able to knock either Alabama or Georgia off, right? But if you look at Alabama's remaining schedule, you know, it's hard to sit there and argue, but they do have a little bit of a run at the end. They have Arkansas and Auburn. Who knows? Does Arkansas learn from what they went up against this week? There's a lot of, there's a lot of ball left, but I think if you're going to look forward to it and you're going to say, all right, they're going to wipe that up, got to worry about the SEC championship, championship game, then yes, I do agree. Like the Big Ten is the biggest threat to the SEC right now as it stands in college football. So let's move from that heavyweight uh, battle. Let's move a little bit uh, further east to Athens, Arkansas, the darling of college football. I've never in my life until the last two or three weeks paid more attention to, spoke more about, or cheered more for Razorback football. Trevor Knight, I'm going to start with you, our, our, our resident SEC ambassador. The Georgia defense in the last four games is all time. One touchdown they've relinquished, and they've only given up four red zone trips. And it played out the exact same way today in their third shutout. What was the biggest takeaway you took from uh, the Bulldogs and Razorbacks watching it? Well, it's one of those games. You turn it on, and in the first five minutes, you understand – uh, who's in the driver's seat, yeah. where you're at, what's going on. And a lot of that was self-imposed by Arkansas, right? Uh, I don't know what the total number was, but they had so many false start penalties. I think it was like 11 penalties in the yeah. first half, right? So I mean, just hor- horrible football. You can't, you can't even compete when you're pay- playing behind the chains that bad, right? But on the plays where the ball was in play, you had a Georgia defense that was swarming to the football. You know, you get guys stood up at the line of scrimmage and you got guys from the secondary running and jumping on top of the pile. I mean, guys flying around that defense is playing together. They obviously got, uh, you know, a bunch of heavyweight names on that side of the ball, a bunch of big dudes that are uh, great at what they do. But from a cultural standpoint, I know I talk about that a lot because I think it's extremely important, not only on your side of the ball, but as a team as a whole. But on that side of the ball, they're playing together right now. Um, they're looking across the field, and it's kind of the guy next to me mentality. I'm not going to let you down. You're not going to let me down, and we're going to go get after this thing because it was uh, it was in the bag within the first five minutes. Hack, is there a difference really truly? I'm talking about either performance or dominance between Georgia and Alabama, and I'm talking this year. I'm not talking 10 years or the legacy of Nick Saban. I'm talking in the month of September, is there a difference? College football does this all the time. Sometimes they'll have two number fives. Sometimes they'll have two number, they'll have two number eights. Are we getting close to having one, one, and then the third ranked team? Well, I mean, when you look at it, 
I think Alabama on the defensive side of the football is still trying to figure out their identity. I thought they got closer today. I mean, suffocating is like the only word I can say about about Georgia's defense. And that's what's so scary is JT hasn't – he's not played two games for them. Offensively, they controlled the line of scrimmage as well today, put on a clinic with their running back stable. Stenson just had to go out there and manage it. He just had to – Bennett just had to go out and manage the game, and he did just that. And I sent this text to the group. I think I think Georgia could win the national championship with either quarterback playing. And the only advantage I give JT is the fact that I think he has shown a little bit more explosiveness within – when you do go play a Alabama, right, or you do go play someone who is going to give you a little bit more of a challenge. So for me – and I, I, I'm obviously selfish with this because Georgia was my national championship pre preseason national championship pick. But I think Georgia is the best football team in college football right now. Um, and obviously, we'll we'll all find out at some point in time. But I, I'm I just think both sides of the ball controlling the line of scrimmage, they're the total package right now. Bryce Petty, to Hack's point, are we really truly saying? It doesn't matter which of those two starting quarterbacks takes the field for Georgia. They're going to be the same monster. And again, we'll figure it out. If Alabama is the Roman army, we look, you know, we will welcome suggestions, what that makes, what does that make Georgia? But they're dominant with JT Daniels. They're dominant with, with Stetson Bennett, Stetson Bennett, the Cinderella story. Doesn't Mm -hmm. honestly truly matter. I'll, Trevor, I'll take we'll that go, one, we'll, George. We'll go to I'll you. I'll take yeah. that one. Yeah, um, I think so. And, and what's crazy about that is if you look at historic Alabama teams that are winning national titles, pick and play. Any, I mean, any of any one of us could go in there and play quarterback for them and, and probably win a national championship because sure. it's a defensive-driven football team, and you've got powerhouses on offense, specifically the guys up front, you know, creating holes uh, for for a for a talented back. I think that's what Georgia has this year. They've got a guy at the helm in JT Daniels who's, like Hack said, a little bit more firepower. But you plug and play anybody in that position, you've got a good stable of backs, you've got a good offensive line, and then you've got the defense that is driving you down this battlefield. Um, it's a very similar structure to Alabama teams of past that have been very successful, right? Be a, we talk about it all the time. I know you've heard this a, a million times, George. A game manager, right? Yep. Yeah. Just be a game manager. Don't screw it up. If you've got a guy open on the sidelines, be able to throw a 10-yard out route and pick up a first down on third and eight and then hand the ball off, right? Yeah. Just hand the ball off and watch your guys work. To Trevor and Hack, how would you build a game plan, be it wearing a visor or being it wearing the quarterback helmet? You have a week to prepare for the Georgia Bulldogs. You guys, you've seen them. You know what they are but people still got to go out and attack him and giants still fall. So how would you right now process? Okay. I would attempt to take them down this way. How would you attack them? Well, I mean, that's, that's tough. I mean, first off, you have to be able to match up with them. I think they're just so physically gifted defensively, especially on that front seven that it's going to create a lot of issues for you. If you can't create any type of movement, and or misdirection. So if you're obviously lacking in that department, for me as a coach, 
I'm, I'm thinking about just trying to present as many different things as, as I can screen game, misdirection, um, whether it be trap, wham, G schemes, just trying to get guys moving in different directions and put people in situations where, you know, if they choose one or the other, try and make them be Superman. And the messed up part is, is most of those guys can be, you got guys that can handle two gaps. You got guys that can, you know, run and recover and shoot backside. So it's tough. They present a really hard challenge. And that's why I think as much as it is scheme, you also have to, from a talent standpoint, be able to match up and create some form of advantage, whether it be leverage numbers or just an individual player who's better and you can, you can feed him the football. Trevor, what's your attack plan? Is it, I'd agree with that as well. Um, Yeah, I, I'd agree with that as well. Hack. I, I look at, first of all, good luck, right? I mean, yeah, probably the two I mean, best teams in college football. You've got to play dang near a perfect game. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to play against Alabama twice. Beat them once, lost to them once. Very different game plans, very different execution of the game plans. Um, a lot of people say you need to spread them out. You know, get horizontal. I, I don't I don't agree with that. These guys are too good. You run, they can run with sweeps you. and everything. They're going to run with you. It, it, it's not going to work. Plus, you know, you can only run so many jet sweeps, right? You can run only, only run so many trick plays. What I think it is is playing fast, and how do you play fast? Mixing up different personnel groupings with the same personnel in the game. You know, do you have that tight end or, or whatever that can Flex put his player. hand in the dirt? Yep. And the very next play, you know, you're going five wide, and he, he's right there in the slot and can, and can get open and kind of find that that good feel there in the middle of the field and move the ball down the field quickly. So you tire these guys out, you know, the Alabama, Georgia, they got defensive linemen that are coming in and it's next guy up. They're all dogs, right? Um, they're, they're all difference makers. Can you keep these same group of guys on the field in the, in the personnel groupings and tire them out? And that's how I think you dink and dunk your way down the, down the field and then maybe hit a shot. But again, to my, to my original point, good luck. Uh, got to play yeah. a perfect game. Can't turn the ball over. Um, all three phases are extremely important. And if you can do that, you can come out potentially uh, in the end being close to a win. Georgia defense, one touchdown in the first four games. Here's their next three opponents. An Auburn team that's found a little bit of life right now. 22nd ranked, three and one down here tangling with LSU. A Kentucky team that beat Florida tonight. That's all fired up. Lexington's uh, sideways right now, but that coaching staff is on fire. A Florida team that took the Roman army to the two-yard line on a two-point conversion at home to win. Auburn, Kentucky, Florida. That's going to be the test early on for Georgia. Before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because mainly Bryce Petty just back has is, is joined us again. Also because they're offering a $250 bonus for our first deposit. But what sets them apart is they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable than ever before. With the football season kicking off, get into the action by going on to betrivers.com. It's betrivers.com today and downloading BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Bryce Petty, Mr. Bearcat, mayor of Cincinnati is back. There's only one direction to go, and that's South Bend. Notre Dame fighting Irish. 
the Cincinnati Bearcats. Bryce, I'm giving no more. I'm going straight to you. Love it. Take it, take it, sir. Take as, it. I think as we're it all should. just going to clear this. You got it. It's all as, you. as it should. You guys, please just step away. Let me let me part the ways. Let me part gonna, the ways here. I'm gonna uh, get my popcorn ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it won't be near as stale as Lane Kiffin's tonight. But um, look, this is this is what we talked about, you know, before the season started. You know, that first show that we had um, was about can Cincinnati do what they need to do? We had Indiana ranked, and I'm gonna go ahead and start throwing the wheeze out because this is a thing now. This is a thing that we need to we need to jump on board. George, I know you got a question that you're about to come with me, so I just want to let sir. you ask that. No, but the, the idea was that there's two games that we got to that we have to win um, to at least to, to not only get in the conversation, but but it be viable. Right. That it, that it be a, a valid statement. Plus, like most, you know, kind of group of five, you have to have a little something happen. Oregon went down today. That pretty much takes out the West. Right. Um, Florida was that one lost team that we were kind of talking about. Could they do it? They lost twice. So they're out. Um, so now you pretty much have this Alabama, Georgia lock um, and, you know, a, a Penn State team that if they run the table, um, you know, is going to knock off Ohio State because they're going to be a two loss Ohio State team to where Cincinnati's road is paved with that that gold that that they need. Right. So, uh, look, Luke Fickle is going to have a unbelievable statue um, in Cincinnati. I'm not sure if he's a Cincinnati born and bred kind of guy. I know they went to uh, to Ohio State had a few highlights there, but I think from the guys that tell me, you know, I'm in the locker room quite a bit over there uh, from, from the, the press and from the rumors that I hear that he loves it over there. So we don't have to worry about any of these coaching jobs at, you know, at SC or anywhere else. I think my man's staying. Um, anyways, we got Desmond Ritter. Um, we got my man, Jay Ford. They're, they're rocking right now and they, they, they're doing what they need to do. So Bryce, let me jump here and let me challenge that. Trevor and Hack and I, whoever wants to take this, take this. So they got past their biggest hurdle. Last week was their biggest hurdle against Indiana or the week before. They did it. They beat a, a, a game Big Ten team. Then they go on the road into a top 10 team, a historic team, and they beat them. It's downhill from there. Honestly, truly. It's downhill from there. You can hop on your tricycle, close your eyes. There are no speed bumps. It's downhill. Here's the question, though. Does it now come down to style points? Can you honestly really, as Cincinnati, afford a game where you got pushed, you got challenged in the fourth quarter, or you're still on the barroom floor, scrapping around, knocking over bar seats, trying to get your footing, and still maintain this status? Or does it have to all be knockouts? Because it's going to really come down to style points. what's the committee going to do, right? I mean, we've been talking about this for years and years now, and that's the reason that we're here talking about expanding the playoff because uh, this situation's come up before and it's always gone the way of the power five, right? Um, You you put two teams in from the same conference now multiple times. If you've got a Cincinnati team there at the end of the year up against a one-loss you know, conference champion in the power five, is this the year? Is this the year that the committee finally crumbles and, and puts them in? Style points will absolutely do them a, a, a lot of good in that conversation. 
But I think those guys sit around a big old rich mahogany table there, I believe in Dallas, um, and, uh, and talk about this. And at the end of the day, dare I say it, they don't have the, the balls to go out there and, and actually do it, right? Uh, it's an undefeated team. They just beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Let's go look at them historically. They deserve to be there. If they run the table, I think they should be in the playoff. Will it happen? I, I really don't. I really don't Pack. think they have. I don't. I don't think they have it in them. No, you can't go back. You All can't right. go back. You already said it's in. Go Sorry. back. <laughs> Sorry, Trevor and Bryce. All respect to you in the city of Cincinnati. Hack. Yes, there are two big Penn State fans on here. One's a favorite son. One's just championing them as a as the uh, the dark horse. Here's a hypothetical. Not that I'm wishing this on anybody. Right. Ohio State already has one loss. Penn State, if they had one loss, really the Big Ten champion, a one-loss Big Ten champ versus an undefeated Cincinnati. Cincinnati's two big premier wins this year was a win over a Big Ten Indiana on the road and a win over a top 10 team in Notre Dame. Whoever the Big Ten champ is will have faced more competition than that. A one-loss Big Ten team, and a pristine Cincinnati Bearcat squad. What will the committee say at the end if there's room for one of them? I'm just going to say that the Big Ten, top to bottom, and especially the East, is as strong as it's ever been. And it's probably the most similar thing outside of the SEC that anybody's seen, top to bottom. You got Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, who's been playing well, Rutgers, you know, they got, they got, they got what was coming to them. They ate a sandwich with Ohio State today, but they took Rutgers, they took Michigan last week to the to the to the last bell. So it's a very competitive conference. And if you're looking at what they've done historically, when you have a competitive conference like that, the SEC, they've taken two teams from there. So if you're going to say that they're going to take one team from the Big Ten, right, a one-loss Big Ten, lock that in, then I don't really even think that that's going to be a conversation for Cincinnati. Now it's going to be Cincinnati for that fourth spot, and who's that going to be? Is it an undefeated Oklahoma? Is it a one-loss team in the Pac-12? Well, I'm saying, Hack, I'm saying if if Cincinnati has to squeeze through – if they got to squeeze through the same doorway as, a, as the Big Ten, a one-loss Big Ten team, say Oklahoma maintains, I don't nothing think, is I don't happening west of it. the Rockies, then what happens? I don't happens? think they're going to do it. I don't, think, I don't think you can do it. I think it'd be a disservice to what that team, whomever that is out of the Big Ten, it's a disservice to what they've done, to your point, because I think the strength of schedule, the amount of teams that they've played, it's, it, it would be bad. And if they do – Bryce, they have to go out and just start blowing some teams out. And I mean, some video game numbers. They need to take the Boise State approach of years past when Boise State was always that team where everyone was like, can Boise State do it? Can Boise State do it? Um, They were going out and handling everybody. I mean, it wasn't even like, it wasn't even, you know, they, it was, oh, Boise State won again. You were watching the game just to see some highlights at the end of the, you know, if you were up late enough. So that's what I think they have to do to get in the conversation. But if it comes down to them and a Big Ten team, I just don't think that you can't not take a Big Ten team unless it's just a massacre at the end of the year at the Big Ten and everybody beats everybody and there's a bunch of stuff in in you know in in, in flux up there. But I don't really see that happening. Someone's so, going to keep a keep a hot hand. Real quick, Trevor, uh, 
Is it fair for Cincinnati to take the approach the rest of the season to run it up? You're up on whomever, Army, Navy, Air Force, I don't – like whoever. You're up 40 to nothing. Are they now pressured and challenged, like, like really mandated to keep going? Do the starters have to stay in in the fourth quarter to let the rest of the country know we are it? I think absolutely. Um, you just said it. They have their signature win under their belt. They can sit on that um, throughout the rest of the year, but just winning out is not going to get it done based off of Hack's analysis right there. Um, you know, it. they need to do everything in their power to be in the conversation at the end. If that's running the score up, if that's doing something crazy in the media, one of their players – plants a flag in the middle of the field, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Right. I mean, they've got to find a way to be in the conversation from a fan standpoint, from a media standpoint. And then when you look at that win loss record, it's got to be a lot to a little each and every week. Bryce Petty, real quick, Bryce, can you make a case for the Bearcats versus a one loss, big 10 heavyweight champ? You got 30 seconds. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to have to need that uh, to make that case. And and honestly, real quick, just to Trevor's point, you know, respectfully, I disagree with my esteemed colleague over there on our on our Big 12 show. I think beating a team 45 to three is the same as beating them 70 to three. It's still a blowout. So I don't think you have to go run up anything. I think if you I think if you take care of, of what you need to take care of, especially going back to the beginning of the year, when you got OU barely getting past Tulane, when you got, um, you true, know, a couple of these true. teams – you know, that, that are that are barely doing what they were supposed to handily True. be doing. I mean, we were we were supposed to see Caleb Williams four times by now, and we haven't seen that joker once, right? So, and that's a backup to you for, for people that don't know. But, you know, the, the idea is that you take care of business the way that you do. Um, you do, to y'all's point, I, I do think that you have to beat people handily, but I don't think that you have to run the table on them. Now, to your point, George, and I know this isn't 30 seconds, so – suck it but the idea is that if you have if you have a one loss big 10 team right not not two but you have one i think that one loss big 10 team is already in i think it's going to be georgia i think it's going to be alabama and then i think it's going to be the if you know for whatever reason penn state gets knocked off the the, the anthill for half a second they're going to be in oh the anthill and that's yeah, yeah. And that's some that's okay, the mountaintop, whatever, whatever you want to okay, call it, that's sir. fine. It's a hill. There's a point to it, and then you roll off. Um, but the idea is that that Penn State, Penn State's going to be in that in that conversation, and so I think that what now you're looking at is what you know. I, I don't know. I, I guess in Iowa, possibly in there. And now you've got two from the same conference, right? Like they're not going. They, you can't do that. That's that's just annoying. Um, and I think the only two teams, you know, right. you got you got Saban and Kirby Smart paying those dudes, you know, at the back of the table going, hey, you can put us in there. But like Big Ten, you know, they're not going to put two Big Ten teams in there. It's just that I don't I don't see that happening. So ACC's out. Pac-12's out. I just don't see anybody from Big 12's out. And that's what we W.E. needed. Right. That's what that's what Coach Fickle told us on the bus this morning when we were yeah, going to, so, to the South Bend. <laughs> so so what you're there saying you is you're not even worried about the Big Ten. You're saying that whoever wins the Big Ten's a lock, and then you're saying you're. Beating I think I, th- I think so because I because to, to your point, I'm not arguing that that is a that is a ridiculously 
tough conference yeah. this year. But so I then think really, they, it's between Cincinnati and Oklahoma. Oklahoma beats Texas. They get through Baylor. They got to dance with some other residents of the Big 12. Yeah, Oklahoma shows up undefeated. Here comes Cincinnati. Cincinnati's win on the road at a top 10 Notre Dame is bigger than anything Oklahoma did. And they barely yeah. got past in like four or five exchanges. That's real. That's you're saying that's where Dude, that's, that's, where that's what's going to be interesting. I might have two bags of popcorn pop for that conversation because <laughs> now you've got, you know, it, again, in the, in the Big 12, who you're running against, you're really going to have Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma State. You know, Iowa State's kind of proven to be, you know, in the middle of the pack. But outside of that, you know, the Kansas, you know, TCU, Tech, you know, West Virginia lost to Tech today. So you really don't have – I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that they're on the same level. I think they are better than, um, you know, again, the, the, the Navies, the, the UCFs. Uh, the, well, we're about to find out what that looks like too uh, here in a couple of years. But, but I do think stacking those teams up together, they're just they're, – they're mediocre enough, and Oklahoma has done – just little enough if that makes sense to sit there and go why why put them in there again you you can't argue a, an undefeated power five champion against an undefeated group of five champion at this point the way the committee works and that's 100 and i just OU did has, if ou has a <laughs> loss then that's where the conversation starts in my point but i i feel like we're sitting here and, and maybe it is an unwritten rule it is, is it an unwritten rule that the SEC is going to have two every single yes. year? I mean, it is. It not is. every year, saying. but I, this I, year, I have, certainly. I have witnessed through my Facebook contacts and a few Twitter contacts that Kirby Smart and Nick Saban have been seen with a Fenty bag of, <laughs> of cash in Dallas. But so, that goes, so back, but that goes a, back to the point, though, Trev, of, like, if you're sitting there watching college football, as we all do, and we right. understand it, like, is there even an argument that those two teams are not the two, two of the best no teams doubt. in the country? The Which two is why best. I don't want to sit around that mahogany table, man. That's, yeah. a, that's a tough conversation to have. But, yeah. but just when you're thinking about it practically, you've got a one-loss non-conference champion going up against an undefeated Cincinnati, right? It, it's – it's uh, yeah. it, it doesn't make sense, but with, like you said, two are the best teams in college football. That's what yeah. it comes Eyeball down to. Test. It's tough, right? Yeah. yeah, but you know what that mahogany table is doing? They've got a little pocket calculator and a notebook, and they're going, okay, so we got twelve teams. All right, cool. So this bring is they're going to bring in how much money? Okay, cool. Cincinnati's going to okay, cool. So that's so that's all that, that's all that is. So this makes an even better case for the next year to no, be the field of twelve. Uh, be, the field oh, of twelve. Everybody, Bryce, and and as 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 your daughter gets a little older and she starts to jump into all these Disney movies, everybody knows. Every girl dad knows. Cinderella is one of the all time biggest movies that you can. It's the biggest draw. Cincinnati is our Cinderella. We don't have another group of five we're talking about. What's better for the group of five, uh, really, college football, than to have a, a, a Cincinnati or a group of five team squeeze in yeah. the final four, but they're going to have to earn their way through. Let's talk about Great. that final four and somebody that absolutely threw a wrench in it for the West Coast. And it's the smartest campus in America, Stanford. Stanford has done the algorithm and figured it out again. They have knocked <laughs> off the number three Oregon Ducks and ruined the West Coast 
once again, just spectating for the rest of the season. We're just participating for the regular season. We'll spectate for the playoffs. You guys in the Rose Bowl. The, the, yeah, we're, we're just here for the Rose Bowl. That's it. You guys go ahead with the big stuff. Hack, <laughs> what's your biggest takeaway with Tanner McKee? Well, really, let's just do this. Let's do this. Let's, let's start here. Speaking of Tanner McKee, oh. we were lucky enough to talk to him today. Right after the game, Dagan, if you can fire this Ooh. up and then we'll talk about yeah. it after. Tanner McKee leads his team down the field in a 90-yard, two-minute drill with about a minute and change left, one timeout, against the number three team in America, pulls it off, scores on an untimed down, goes and handles business in overtime. We get a chance to wrap with him. Let's hear from him, and then let's just chop it up on the other side of it. Man, what a what an honor to get a, a, a game-winning quarterback. My man, Tanner McKee. Tanner, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're good. Uh, welcome to the Field of 12 College Football Show. Uh, first, uh, above all, are you feeling all right? You took a monster hit from arguably the baddest defender in college football. And I just wanted to, you know, we all want to know how you're feeling, first of all. Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, obviously, he hits pretty hard. Uh, took a shot to the ribs, um, but I'm, I'm doing totally fine now. I'll do a little recovery and a little rehab tomorrow, but I'm feeling great. Perfect. Uh, good luck on that. Biggest drive of the season, and you guys had some big ones. You beat USC. You had some other big wins. You'll have some more. But thus far, biggest win of the season, and for every quarterback on Thursdays, you do the two-minute drill, and you think it's, it's, it's more like a precautionary deal. But not for you. 90 yards, two-minute drill. Would you walk us quickly through your process or mentality and how you lead a charge like that? When you take the field, what are you thinking with all that real estate to cover? I'm just thinking just execute. Um, complete the ball. Uh, let our playmakers make plays in space. Uh, obviously, we have some really special guys on offense, so uh, they do some great things with the ball in their hands. So, uh, obviously, like you said, we've ran through it in practice a few times and we've repped it like a game. So it feels like we've been there before. Uh, we went out and we, we did our thing and we executed. Uh, the last five plays of regulation, three of them were fades. Uh, and then obviously the big one came to Elijah Higgins. All those one on one opportunities against the number three team in the country. Did you guys pick that up in preparation, building up to the week, or did you see that as the game developed, that that was the spot to go to? I mean, a little bit of both. Um, the thing that's great about the receivers that we have is that they have speed and size. Um, so it's, it's really a mismatch for any one-on-one any -on -one situation. Um, they, we knew that their corners were, were great cover guys, um, but one-on-one -on -one matchup down low, uh, we thought we had a height advantage. Um, and so putting up the ball where Elijah, John, Bryson, those guys can go attack the ball was really beneficial for us. So we've run up that throw a million times in practice. Uh, we feel very confident in that throw, and uh, we have a lot of trust in our guys to go get it and make a play. Speaking of trust, you have one of the most dynamic and successful head coaches in the country, I'd say almost in any sport, in Coach David Shaw. What is his mantra building up to the week? pre-game, halftime, during the sidelines and crunch time, does he have a mantra? I would say his thing, his thing is uh, execution. Take what we do in practice and apply it into the game. Um, become uh, better people on and off the field. 
um, learn from every opportunity. Um, he's a great coach, obviously, like everybody knows, prepares us for every possible situation. Um, the playbook, I, I love it because it is, it is fairly complex, but it has answers for everything that the defense can throw at us. Um, so he, he prepares us very well, and obviously he's had a lot of success, and he will have a lot more success in the future. So it's, it's a real honor to play for him. All right, and then to end this also with Coach Shaw and Stanford, the whole country has adopted some type of locker room dance party after big wins. And I mean, they crank the music up, you see the dance circle, coaches are in there doing everything from two-stepping to twerking. When it comes to Stanford and you guys knock out the number three team at home, is it like calculus and algorithms or is it classical <laughs> music? Like what, what is it? What is it for you guys in a moment like that? locker room with those guys after going to battle everyone's banged up everyone's hurting but we all did it for ourselves so we we turn up the music we yell see house and we and we roll so it's a great time obviously to celebrate with all the guys love that tanner best of luck man i'm so proud of you uh good luck to you and the guys going forward thank you for joining right. us thank you so much for having me you got it what they do but you know for him uh, to take that team down again, having 0.1% chance to win uh, on their own five coming out, 10 coming out, whatever it was. Um, I, and honestly, interestingly enough, I mean, for, for that situation, it was very interesting to see Oregon play that far off. I mean, the first, uh, either first or second play they had, you know, hits a slant on the backside for, or actually it was third down. It was third and long, I believe. It was third and 15, 16, something like that. Um, you know, hits a slant that, that takes it. That shouldn't happen, right? But again, they just, they allowed the game to come to them. Um, and then Tanner just making plays, coming back in, showing toughness, showing grit um, and leading his team down was, was, uh, was really, really uh, inspiring one. But this is what they do in Palo Alto. They do, they do it every year. Fellas, I'm going to take Bryce's word on this Stanford-Oregon game uh, as the final word, just so we can move up to Camp Randall, five straight visits by the Michigan Wolverines to Camp Randall. They come out with a loss, except for today. Michigan gets it done, remains undefeated. Not a whole lot of fanfare, not a whole lot of glitz, a lot of, you know, call it khakis, call it Carhartts. They are as blue collar as it gets right now with Michigan. Quarterback's doing a phenomenal job, but he's throwing for 158 yards. Running back by committee, defense all over the place, and they are just like bound together. I'm going to our ambassador from the Big Ten, Christian Hackenberg. What do we make of Michigan now after the month after the month we've seen him perform? Yeah, well, Harbaugh broke out the 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 blue the blue pants today to match his team, which is blue you know, blue khakis. Yeah, Big blue time. khakis broke it out. You know, I, so it is what it is. But um, no, nah, I yeah yeah exactly. Dickie said, "Get out of here." But um, no, nah, he. Uh, I think I think Michigan's done a really good job this year of just staying the course. Um, obviously, last week they were in a game with a Rutgers team that I don't think they really wanted to be in. They came back, had a chance to make a statement today, and they did it. I think they're going to be tough, man. They the Defensively, they got a real active front. Um, they've always had athletes. It's never been an issue up there at, at Michigan. It's just been a matter of can we get these guys executing and playing fast and on the same page over and over and over again. 
And I think that's what Harbaugh, Harbaugh has struggled with. And offensively, he's always kind of had it, but not. And then when it came for, for someone to make a big play, they didn't really have a guy always step up and do it. I think you made some great points about their running backs. They got stable back there. And I think McNamara's just been playing really good football. Managing the game the way he needs to manage it, not making mistakes and putting his team in situations to, to win the game and not ever losing it for him. So excited for this team. Hey, Bro, real, real quick, real ahead, quick, George, before you do, I because I gotta know. I mean, heck, you watch the Big Ten. Like, what, what's yeah. what's different about this Harbaugh coach team that's 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 not in the past? I mean, because they always, you know, they're top five recruiting every year, right? Harbaugh's yeah. pedigree is is yeah. you know in the Hall of Fame, right? But yeah, but what's different about this team as a common fan? It's like, hey, man, this Michigan team's actually winning. They're doing what they're needing to do, supposed to do blowing these dudes out was different. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, like I said, I think it just comes down to the fact that he's finally got all those pieces, right? You go out and you recruit all these kids and you, you, you have this system and, you know, maybe you have some buy-in, maybe you don't. I think this year you've just had a lot of guys who've gone and bought in and they're playing fast and everyone's moving in the same direction. There's no, there's no lag. There's no, you know, fat that needs to be trimmed. Um, I think that's something that Harbaugh's had to deal with at times up there for whatever reason. Um, it's hard for me to talk about this because I really do not like Michigan at all. I just, they, they bother me. I feel like they act like the Harvard of the big 10 and it's tough, but I do respect. Do when feel, people figure it out. <laughs> I do, but I do respect when people figure it out. Right. And it's good for our conference. It's good. It's good. It's good for college football. Michigan, you know, Michigan's always a Michigan is always a, um, it's a staple in the history of college football in terms of yeah. the program. And they have a, they have a face, they have a fan base, they have alumni, they have recognition. So it's good when they're good. So it's good to me that they, that they've pulled it together. And I think, like I said, I think it's just, they've finally all started rowing in sync in the same direction, offensively, defensively, and on special teams. Trevor Knight, Rose ceremony for all the ladies out there. And we have like phenomenal support from the ladies, arguably, the biggest college football fans out there. The Rose Ceremony, Trevor Knight, Ohio State, one loss, but to another heavyweight, an undefeated Penn State team, and a dark horse, God forbid we call Michigan a dark horse, undefeated to the month of September. Michigan, it should Michigan be standing next to the other two bachelors in that Rose Ceremony? Are we doing them a disservice by not talking about them as much? An undefeated Wolverine squad for that Rose. No, I know, I know all you guys, especially Hack. He he sits on the couch at night with his old lady, and they put on the Bachelor, so he knows all about that. Show. <laughs> Michigan's like the guy that isn't doesn't get a lot of screen time at the first couple Rose ceremonies, but <laughs> pop it. Pop up at home. No, Michigan's the guy that gets all the screen time and then lets everybody down. Well, we'll That's see. I'm talking we'll about see. with us. I'm talking about with us. And then we go to hometown dates, and there they are standing there with that cheesy yep. little smile, right? Yep. I think it's too Dad early. Dad loves them. I yeah, exactly. I think it's too early to say. Historically, for college football, it's very similar to down, you know, in our neck of the woods, Texas, right? You know, you, you want them to be good. It's very good for college football when Michigan's good, right? When it, when Texas is good. Um, this was a staple win for them. I mean, obviously, they did a phenomenal job stopping the run. Under 100 yards rushing for, for Wisconsin. Um, 
this is good for college football. Bryce mentioned it a minute ago. For the, the average college football fan, I want to watch one of the best rivalries in all of college football, Michigan and Ohio State every year, and I want it to be two of the top teams in the country. Yeah. I think we have an opportunity for that this year with the way that Michigan is playing. I'm glad that they're kind of back on track. It must be the blue khakis, um, or it must be because Hacks, at least it appears that he's babysitting his six-pack over there. He started with four. I think he's still got four left. But other than Shots that, fired. Other than that, I, I think uh, I think it's a little too early to tell. Hack, how many you got left up there, man? Uh, I got one left. There we go. Oh nice. wow, the show is go. rolling. So, speaking of one, because that's all that will take home the Heisman Trophy. Let's slide to the Heisman Trophy here, fellas. It's there's not really like a. a you know, there really is no take-home name so far. It The field is really even. Let's go into this Heisman discussion here. Any general that leads the Roman army, any on-ground commander, quarterback, is automatically going to be front and center of the discussion, given recent history. Therefore, Bryce Young is in. Played great today, 21 out of 26 three touchdowns he's keeping this the machine on track uh matt corral hack we talked about him before playing great yep. ball obviously look who he ran up against today and desmond bryce petty ritter went on mm. the road got it done against notre dame are those the three premier names we'll get into the rest who are going to start making up ground is that the three premier names Bryce Petty, we'll start. Let's let's start with you, Bryce. Yeah, I don't I don't know about about Corral, right? I mean, you said it at the beginning of the show. I mean, he, look, he's a tremendous talent, um, and and has uh, you know probably the the front row seat in every class down there in uh, at Ole Miss. But I I don't think I've got another guy, and maybe just because I'm I'm doing the Homer Simpson here with what I watched, but Bijan Robinson to me is a guy that is, is one of those three. I completely agree with Bryce young. Um, and I completely agree with Desmond Ritter. I think Bijan Robinson or Robinson deserves to be in that spot right now with other guys chasing him. Interesting. Trevor Knight, your take on the Heisman is Bryce, right? Is the back from, from Texas, does he does he push on into that top three right now? I, I would put him at three right now. I absolutely would. The way that he's carrying that program, uh, it's impressive to watch. And he has put them on his back um, and marched them down the field time and time again. Right, quarterback change. Any, absolutely, absolutely. He's the mainstay for that offense right now, which is not typical of of a back, right? Um, Number one and two here, I, I think you have to keep them, right? Uh, today, the, the, the storyline was going to be one of those guys takes a front row seat to, to the Heisman talk. The other one is the losing quarterback, and so he's, it's not going to age well at the end of, of college football Saturday, right? Whoever lost that game, you can't throw them out immediately. Um, but Matt Corral didn't come in and, and perform like we had hoped he would have. Bryce Young, he's got, you know, we've talked about he's got so much stuff around him that is he the best player in college football? Maybe, maybe not, but he's certainly leading the best team. 
Um, again, I think a little too early, but as of right now, I would absolutely put Bijan Robinson in there as, hey, if he's not on this football team, they're going to have a hard time winning football games and maybe mm. the best player right now in college football. Yeah, that Re- you made a, a, a big point. Bijan, he's still in that Heisman race, but he probably is the most valuable player to his squad. Christian Hackenberg, Sean Clifford. I mean, damn, a top three, a general of a top three team. Yeah. Business, 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 business. It ain't yeah. sexy. He, he's showing no leg, no leg. All, he's got, he's, it, it, yeah. Top three. How come? And no one's mentioned Sean Clifford. Even in just fly, just fly over New York. He don't even get a chance to fly past New York right now. <laughs> What's the deal? Yeah, well, I mean, he's got a 400-yard game under his belt. He's got he's got a couple he's got a couple flash flares there. Um, but he, it's to me this whole Heisman thing and all this talk so early. You said it earlier, George. Uh, like this 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 award is won like end of October through November. Like that's when you really see people separate themselves within this race. I think to talk about Bryce Young and you say that whoever's driving that tank, they're driving an M1 Abrams. You just got to be able to keep it between the lines and it's going to go, right? Mm-hmm. But he's doing it better than anybody else has up to this point. True. When you sit there True. and you look at his stats and you look at where he's at, he's doing it better than what anyone else has, right? So, And he's doing it as a freshman, which is very impressive. So um, – then you move down the line with Corral. I think the guy's got a ton of talent. I think he's going to be able to put up video game numbers throughout the rest of the year. And I think ultimately if he has a couple, you know, flash and flare games against some big time prime time moments, which he will have, he plays in the SEC. He could be a guy that, that is in the conversation and shows up. I think Bajan is obviously a great talking point. I think when you start talking about guys outside of it, Clifford comes to mind. I think Kenneth Walker from Michigan State comes to mind. The running back up there, he's done a fantastic job mm-hmm. of getting them going. They're undefeated. They're ripping and roaring a team that no one had on the radar heading into this year. So I just think it's really early. When you start talking Heisman stuff, it's always hard. And everyone's looking for those Heisman-type moments. And we talked about how Corral had that opportunity now. I think he's going to have another chance at it. And at the end of the day, you know, it was what it was. But um, it's going to be really interesting. And I think I'm going to ride on your point, George, that I think it's going to be one somewhere between mid-October to November from somebody. Somebody's going to separate. That's just how it works. It works It works that way every year. Inevitably. Bryce Petty, given that it is going to be a, a late developing deal, if we talk right now, and I'm going to give you three names, and Bryce, we're going to go with you. Sean Clifford, blue-collar effort, veteran quarterback, has built and built and built, and his team is top three right now. That's one. Tanner McKee, giant slayer, Uh. took out USC when they were picking up steam, took him out. Honestly, got that. The head man fired. fired. Got him fired. Fired. Turned around. Now you got to face the Ducks. Only two weeks off of coming back from Columbus, knocking out Ohio State, and he knocks them out. He beats UCLA coming down the pipe if he does. You got Tanner McKee and then Matt Corral at the hacks point. He still got murderer's row to go through in the SEC. Yeah, he went up against the Roman army and they did what they do to 
generals from other armies. Corral, McKee, Sean Clifford. Who will we be talking about in November? Mm, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think out of out of just what we talked about before, I think Sean Clifford has the best chance to be talked about, right? I mean, if you go and beat Iowa at Iowa, tough place yeah. to play. If you go and beat, especially handily, right? I mean, and again, driving the tank is is one thing. Um, you always typically have somebody steering. It's it's the it's the way that you it's the way that you lead the troops, right? And I, and I think Sean's done a great job of doing that. Um, in a way that doesn't put his team in, in any kind of detriment, you know, to this point. So I think that, you know, having that capability, be able to, to roll with that. Um, I think, I think it puts him in the, in the best chance uh, to, to be talked about. Matt Corral is a guy probably going to live or die on the heat of what, you know, Jeff Levy and Lane, and Lane Kiffin do. Um, you know, Jeff Levy came from the system that I was in at, with, with Bryles. And if you, if you don't establish the run early, you really can't, you know, those video game numbers don't really come about. It's, it's tough. Um, and, and so it's, it's going to be live or die by the system in, in, in of itself, where I think as Sean Clifford can kind of lead that um, by himself. Um, and, and again, Tanner McKee, I think it's just going to be tough because, man, the West Coast is so hard, right? I mean, it's, it's so hard to, to have a primetime game, um, one, where everybody can watch. But two, um, just in the comments that you're talking about, now that you have – you know, you have Slade Oregon, you have Slade USC. The only other one that you really can slay in that conference is UCLA. And you know, they had a quick stunt. Yeah, had a quick They're cutting stunt. the lights out on you, Bryce. They cutting yeah, the lights no, out no. on you. Yeah. We got we got some we got some technical difficulties, but we're 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 running through adversity right now. So uh, but anyways, all that all that being said, that's my dissertation, man. I think I think that Sean Clifford has the best chance to, to get there in November. Fellas, I need one name. We're going to roll right off the field with this one. I need one name. Biggest name, impact-wise, player or program or coach in September. Trevor Knight. I know you didn't have much time to process this, but who is the biggest headliner at the month of September for this college football season? Uh, I'm going to go – we we just talked about it. Uh, Kind of a homer comment again, but Bijan Robinson – uh, Texas, they've made the QB change. If they keep winning football games, yeah, they're not going to be in the conversation at the end for, for a college football playoff, not even close. But they could have some buzz around them with potential Heisman candidate going to New York City. Steve Sarkeesian, is he, is he the new guy on the block? Is he really going to bring Texas to places they haven't been in a long time? Uh, there could be some big buzz around Austin, Texas, towards the end of the year, if uh, if that guy keeps running the football the way that he does. Quick toast to B. John Robinson. Quality work, sir. Quality work. Christian Hackenberg, biggest name in the month of September. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm torn because part of me wants to go and say Penn State survived a pretty tough little run there. But I also want to give a lot of kudos to Georgia. I just think defensively, we've already talked about it, and I know we're going to keep hitting it. But I, I mean, that's unheard of what they did defensively. Um, and they, it wasn't like I said, it wasn't like it was cupcakes. I mean, you know, you had a Clemson team that had so much hype coming into the season, opening big weekend in Atlanta, neutral site. You know, to be able to get that done, 
that was awesome. And then they've taken care of business up until this point, and they had an opportunity against the Arkansas team that was one of the hotter teams and had Arkansas probably won the game today, I would have said Arkansas. Um, you know, really, really kind of silenced that. So I got I to gotta give it to Georgia just because the manner in which they did it. I mean, it was suffocating. Bryce Petty. Um, man, I'm actually taking my talents up uh, to Ohio State um, with the freshman, man, Trayvon Henderson. The dude's already already broke Archie Griffin's record um, and, and really just come on the last couple of weeks to kind of be their bell cow. You know, they're running backs by committee as well. Um, but man, putting up 277, um, whatever that was, a couple, you know, two weeks ago, a week ago, um, that's that's gonna be a that's gonna be a household name. They're gonna be selling a bunch of those jerseys. Uh, I'm gonna take mine to a state, the state of Michigan, undefeated in the month of September. Michigan being always the headliner, being challenged, and then tripping at some point, and then here it all comes. Michigan State quietly has done as much, if not more, in the last six, seven, eight years. They were in the wilderness the last two or three football seasons, and here they come. You can hear them like a locomotive. So mine's for the state of Michigan. And, fellas, we just got through our first month together. I hope this is a long reign. I hope it's a long reign. So to uh, Jeff Goodman and Rob and Dagan, for putting this squad together, letting us come in here and talk college football with all of you. We appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you guys next week after the big primetime game on behalf of Bryce Petty, Trevor Knight, Christian Hackenberg. I'm George Whitfield, Field of 12, college football after dark show. Grab something cold to sip Mm. on. Get ready for that tailgate. We got you. See you next week.